Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We're digging into the digital revolution and all the crazy things taking place there. We are delighted today to have one of our newest monthly digital all-stars, Bridget Cornier, who's the editor for the entire dynamic community suite of content and events. Bridget, welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. It's a pleasure to have you. Hi, Bob. Oh, it's it's good to see you and, and get to have some time to chat and check in and talk about all things business tech. And uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Bridget, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so Bridget, one of the things going on here, right? We've seen uh, businesses get turned sideways, some upside down, some inside out, lots of different things going on. And it's not just they are adding a lot of new capabilities inside the organization, but it seems like the structures, org structures also have to be part of this, right? When the businesses, the way they engage, the way they sell, the way they create, the way they adapt and the employee experience, all those different things come together. And you've uh, pulled together some pretty cool ideas about what that means and maybe the right way to go forward. So what do you think about that, Bridget? Yeah, I'd love to share what I've, I've uh, been diving into lately. Um, so there's this term called T-shaped people. <laughs> I think it's kind of a silly term, um, but essentially it means you have breadth and you have depth in your skill sets and your ability to cooperate with others in the organization. Um, and the reason I, I, I just keep finding myself going back to this term is because uh, more and more organizations are needing to uh, be able to compete in a very fast moving economy. We call this the acceleration economy. And we talk about it daily um, in, on our site, accelerationeconomy.com. Um, but another reason I like this too is that uh, in order to have depth in your skill set, you also have to be able to connect with other people on the, the importance of those skill sets um, and, and have that, that uh, empathy that you can uh, then collaborate and it, I think, develops a, a richer culture. Um, it also helps for those, um, for those people who are in those decision-making roles to better understand what you're doing in your very depth, but also breadth role. So um, I'm not the only one to be picking this out and, and uh, calling this out a little bit here. There's actually other organizations that are implementing this as part of their hiring strategy. And um, I'll, I'll link a couple below, but uh, Spotify looks at this as a way to uh, find people who are very skilled at a certain skill set, uh, digital skill sets especially, uh, but then also ones that uh, don't aren't just simplified to a single niche that they can uh, communicate that purpose elsewhere and wider as well. So um, I I'll link those things if, if you like, uh, Bob, and <laughs> share those out. But just a kind of an interesting concept, I think, as more organizations are starting to think about harmonizing within the organization to approach their ultimate goals. Bridget, that's a, so I just want to be sure that, you know, I got this because I'm not sure if I'm T-shaped or I'm probably more like an O-shape, but so the, the, the T, this part is, you know, the depth in your particular area of expertise and then the horizontal T, your ability to connect and understand and engage with people sideways in your organization. Is that right? Yeah. So I think of it kind of, I think of it like this. So I shapes are people that are experts at one thing. They're really skilled at a very niche concept. Um, 
on a personal note, when I was uh, approaching my majors and things in college, I wanted to be a music therapist. And that skill set, uh, some of those very finite tools <laughs> and concepts are very expert at one thing. You understand the theory, you understand how to uh, execute that. A uh, generalist is someone who's uh, more of a rectangle shape. Uh, uh, those are the ones who can be capable of a lot of things um, that are a little bit more versatile. But then you have the in-between, the, the T-shaped person. So capable of a lot of things, um, but an expert in, in one thing really well as well. So um, that way, that niche also helps to inform those other things that you're pretty good at, but you, know, you hone in on maybe that music therapy skill set. Um, uh, you know, maybe you can be then versatile, uh, bringing out of the business technology standpoint here, you can be versatile in applying that to occupational therapy or other, other forms to help other people. Um, so that's just a quick example, um, but how you kind of conceptualize what is a T-shaped person and why should it matter? Yeah, Bridget, I, I love that because, um, you know, the way organizations are changing today for quite a long time you know it was fairly linear you know in this department you do this thing it doesn't differ much from day to day you don't need to know a whole lot about what goes on before the work gets to you or after just pass it off but now that sort of end-to-end -end interconnectedness and those things where customers come in too right customers don't just want to get the end thing they want to be on product design they want to have things customized they want to have some of it delivered here, some delivered there, some this week, some next week, some next month. Um, really, really important, I think, for organizations to have those um, sort of multivariable components to them, unlike what was in the past. And I know we've, you've talked about this some in some of your podcasts and some of the work you do with uh, accelerationeconomy.com, but um, it is just this, this sense of flexibility uh, leading to speed, leading to understanding, and more understanding leads to more speed. It's a, it's a, it's a wild time right now for these T-shapes and, and all the other shapes out there. And you know what, Bob? I would argue that I think you probably are a T-shaped person because of your ability to write really well. You know, that is a depth of a skill. Um, but then you've also picked up all these other skill sets that make you a bit more competitive um, and that you can uh, help the organization develop those things and help them learn. Um, because the, the truth of it is we don't have to be good at everything, right? Um, and that's where the I comes in is you pick that track and you stick to that track. Um, but uh, choosing which areas you dive into and pick that track to depth yourself um, especially if they're things that you're passionate about. I think that's key from a personal, you know, kind of a coach, I guess, perspective here. Um, but then broader too, like we do have to take this broad, right? Because um, from an organizational perspective, we, uh, a lot of organizations are needing to be adaptive um, and, and changing on a dime, uh, looking to, to uh, grow their personnel and, and grow to fit revenue models, new things that are growing, new pressures. Um, and so with that a little bit more of a perspective of why do people with different skill sets, where do they fit into that model? It's, it's really important uh, to consider. Yeah, Bridget, you know, um, you talk about organizations and changing roles, the impact of technology, you know, for, I think like a chief financial officer, 
right? It seems that today they're being asked, instead of being a historian who explains what happened last month, last quarter, last year, they're now expected to be a forward-looking strategist. Uh, so the, the, the necessity to have that very, very strong, of course, financial accounting, uh, operational ideas there, but they've also got to be able to understand customers, prospects, social media, product development, you know, customer sentiment, employee experience, all of that. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought this up because uh, we're actually launching a brand new program coming very soon, August 19th to be exact, and it's all content driven to what is the future role of the office of the CFO. Um, and to this point exactly, you know, we might have been in that I category for a long time with those CFOs that, you know, they became very good with the procedures and um, some of those skill sets that are niche to finance category. Uh, but to your point, it is becoming a wider breadth. Um, and a lot of those uh, individuals in those seats are starting to need to adapt their skill sets a little bit. Um, and some of it's by accident, <laughs> some of it's just uh, by interest in learning. Um, and, and there's more of that desire for those CFOs to be those leaders. Um, so that's exactly what this uh, program that we're developing out is aimed to focus on, um, is, is how we can help with the breadth and that depth. Um, and, and, and give give those people in, in the seat, but then also others that are supporting those CFOs uh, the best chance of success that they can. And Bridget, you, you referred there to the office of the CFO. So not just aimed at the CFO specifically, right? But the, the, the CFO's organization. Right, yeah, because uh, ultimately it takes a team. <laughs> uh, or in many organizations, it, there is a team aspect. Um, and just as much as one person is focused on it, it, it also, I think you can think about it a little bit more organizationally too, of, of how others can lean in and help. So it, uh, again, I just want to push on that a little more because it isn't just that the CFO is an individual that she or he has to have this broader view. Everybody in the organization, right? You know, again, five years ago, somebody in cost accounting might've seen that like this all day long, every day, but now there's a, a different need for that person to understand why are certain things going in this direction? How do I change that? How do I engage with people around it instead of just saying, well, here are the numbers. I don't know what's behind those. I can just tell you these are the numbers. Everybody, it seems today in an organization has to be a little more attuned to those larger dynamics that are shaping the, the course of direction. And it's just all happening so fast today, Bridget. It is. And um, I think more more roles are going to be a little less tactical, a little more visionary, strategic. Um, I think the office of the CFO is one of them. Um, and uh, I, I, just to kind of frame this a little tighter for us, uh, I, I have a resource that uh, I really like, and <laughs> we'll be talking about it as we, we release the new program. Um, and it's about digitizing versus digitalizing. Um, this. I found this interesting because even I have had times where I mix the two up and I use them interchangeably. There's actually a pretty big difference between the two. I don't know if you know this, Bob, so maybe I'm repeating this information out to somebody who already gets it, but it was news to me. Um, so uh, digitization is the analog information into digital form. 
Um, so it's really much more just the, the numbers and getting dealing with the information. Um, but digitalization, digitalization, uh, depending on your preference of pronunciation there, uh, it's, it's more about the procedures and the interactions that are taking place in a digital format, um, processes, interactions, and, and doing that in a way of automating, uh, of using AI, RPA. There's a lot of new tools out there that are helping that digitalization of a role, of a department, of a business purpose and need. Um, so just throwing that out there as a way to kind of, you know, give us some context here. But I found it interesting that uh, even the way that we are using information has changed. Um, it is less about putting it off paper into somewhere digital so we can access it um, or uh, digital so we can access it. It's, it's now more about what is that process and, and helping that to be also digital too. Yeah, Bridget, I love that distinction. And uh, it seems like, again, in this, this world where everything's happening so quickly, you can't sort of deploy those old time behaviors where somebody says, oh, I came an interesting piece of data. Let me send that over to somebody in this other department, ask them to take a look at it when they can. And maybe two or three weeks from now, if it doesn't get lost, oh, here's something. We, we need to have those you know, everything sort of not just digitized, but in the digital mindset, the digital process, the digital um, culture, right, that, that companies have to create these days. Right. And it's not that information, um, you know, in, in a digital form isn't, you know, lesser than because um, you can access it faster. Uh, you have more storage, um, access to historical data. Like there's all sorts of benefits of that. Um, but I think more organizations who are starting to adopt digitalization into their strategies um, have more efficiency, productivity gains, uh, better visibility, better decision making. And I think it also gives that role of the office of the CFO a little bit more ammunition <laughs> in, into um, some of the conversations that they might otherwise not be asked to talk about in the past. Well, Bridget, I'm going to take a moment here for a word from our sponsor, BMC, but I think that, uh, you know, what BMC's positioning and their message plays into exactly this type of discussion, BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash a game. So uh, Bridget, you know, if we extend that out a little, uh, did I not see last week, I believe it was, uh, but certainly within the last 10 or 12 days, an acquisition by Salesforce, right? You know, the CRM company. So what is the CRM company doing getting into the RPA uh, robotic process automation business? Yeah, so it's interesting because uh, I think more there's there's becoming this awareness of how these tools can help, um, and it's also they're like hotcakes right now. It's moving so fast, and these acquisitions are all the time, as as I'm sure you know about. <laughs> uh, I don't have to tell it to you because you watch it every day too. Um, but yeah, there it's it's interesting. There uh, this the RPA. So just to give a little context here. Uh, so the RPA market, it grows at, uh, it's expected to grow 
from 1.6 billion this year to 7.6 billion by 2028. Um, just from my sources anyway. And, and that's, wow. and you ask yourself, you know, why is it growing so quickly? Well, because we can go from just information on a digital format to actually expediting your processes. And um, I think the, the interesting part of Salesforce tapping into this potential um, is it puts the control back into the customers um, that they can automate with the, the data that's always been there with a trusted partner that, uh, you know, if they've chosen to go with Salesforce or they're looking to go with Salesforce, um, it, it helps them to feel more empowered and reduce risks. And there's just the benefits just outweigh a lot of, of, of the existing processes should that organization jump on board. Yeah, and Bridget, you know, it seems from your description there, there's there's a parallel, right? Because just as what you were describing earlier about uh, employees, uh, you know, workers, contributors, and all these organizations, it, it's good to have your expertise, but you've also got to be able to interconnect sideways with those. And, you know, our whole view of these big application vendors like Salesforce or SAP, Oracle, Workday, you know, uh, some of those folks, used to be they'd crank out the application and you know spit it out there into the world. And now what they have to do, I think, is help. That's just the beginning of it, right? That's almost the foundation. Now, what are the tools that get the data into, out of those applications, analyze it, work with it? Um, the, you know, the combination of what they're doing you know, with Einstein and uh, Richard, I'm pretty sure the biggest part of Salesforce business now is no longer one of their applications cloud. I think it's platform and others. So, in a way, they've sort of been paving the way to move into some of these um, additional and extensive types of technologies like RPA. Well, and, and to, to one of your points just now, uh, I think it also, it, it reduces that siloed approach and it does offer that visibility that helps others interact with the same information to help them in their decision-making process, in their execution processes. Um, because otherwise that, you know, when you have something siloed, you're also gonna have information that's siloed. And that, that, that I think information can be really powerful to others in the organization if it's visible and ready and, and valid. Yeah, not so, not so helpful if it is, uh, you know, kept under a barrel or in a silo trapped away somewhere. Um, Bridget, and then I saw you had also uh, highlighted fintech as a service API provider, and the numbers. I mean, that concept is interesting, but geez, the the funding behind some of these. Yeah. Things, wow. Yeah, it um, there is a, a boom going on in the fintech category, um, and. Uh, this is actually a resource that we recently talked about. So at um, Acceleration Economy Media, we also produce uh, a regular podcast every Friday called The Wrap. And it's uh, me and my two, one of my two favorite dudes uh, with the company. And we take a look at all the biggest headlines, some of the biggest news that took place during the week. Um, and uh, there's, it's, it's just a good time. We always just find something to laugh about. Um, but with, yes, with this particular uh, acquisition or, or I guess funding raise um, by Rapid, uh, 
that one stood out to me and something I wanted to repeat with you. Um, Cause I also thought maybe Bob has some interesting insights about this company because uh, it's an API uh, and it's a way to help um, uh, with the mobile transfers, money transferring card issues, fraud protection. Um, and it's a, a variety of range of services for, for financial payments. Um, and, uh, you know, this particular company, I, I think, is like some others that maybe started small, built up over time, um, and are starting to make some really big impacts with just purely good ideas um, and good ways to execute on those ideas. Yeah, Bridget, you know, as, as you were describing that, gosh, you just think about... Um... I, I just want to go back to this Netflix idea, right? You know, everybody knows today who Netflix is, but when they started, right, their big innovation was the sort of the, the counterpunch to Blockbuster is you don't have to leave your uh, home, get into a car or a subway drive or ride to a physical location, go and rent some back. You can just tell us what you want online and we'll send you a FedEx package full of all the discs you want. So the, it wasn't about the content, but it was about the delivery vehicle. And then from there, they went to the, hey, they, then we'll go with streaming. Then we want just stream this stuff, we'll create it. And I think what's happening with some of these FinTech models, as you've just described here, it isn't just a different or better way of doing banking or insurance or something like that, but it's an entirely new set of products and services and it is forcing the big banks that have been around, you know, 100, 250 years to behave differently, to find new ways of creating value for customers. So, um, you know, in this purely software space, it's fascinating. I also thought uh, I wanted to share what was this like five, six weeks ago, but the president of Google Cloud, Rob Enslin, was... Um, in an interview with Bernd Lukert, who used to be at SAP, but now he's the chief innovation data and technology officer at Deutsche Bank. And they were talking about how important it was to have the platform at Deutsche Bank open to fintechs, where they said, you know, we, we want to be active partners. We want this going in both directions, he said, because just as the fintech community has new technologies that we at Deutsche Bank can use, we at Deutsche Bank have some things as, you know, one of the World top banks that uh, you know the fintechs can use, right? Some of them using AI. Well, who has the data that you know could be used to help train those AI models? So I just think this world that you've you know uh, talked about here and described fintech and all these expanding and expansive communities around you know what had been industries that were pretty static for decades or a couple centuries. It's just extraordinary to see. And again, I think it comes back to you know what you do every day, the acceleration economy. How do you move at the speed of the world around you? Or else, you know, you can ask the world to slow down until you catch up, but I'm not sure that's such a good idea. Reimagining business. It is the thing that is changing every sector, uh, every industry right now. Um, and even down to sprinklers and uh, Weber grills, Funny enough, you know, they're, they're combining new technology with an old concept or an old approach, um, something that's just part of life. And I think that's a little bit of a secret sauce, if, uh, if I can coin it as that, uh, because it, 
it is. It's meeting people where they are and what they need and helping them get what they need better, faster. Um, and it's putting something that is maybe an old antiquated idea, making it relevant. And it's amazing the adoption that can come from that. Yep, yep. Um, Bridget, just, uh, I'm looking just before you came on here, that a card that my, one of my daughters had sent me for my birthday a couple of years ago, but it's it's a cartoon of a caveman and he's holding a stick and there's a rock on the ground and a few feet away from the rock, there's a hole. And he said, the caveman says, hmm, if I use this stick and knock that rock into the hole, dot, dot, dot. And the, the caption on it was, you know, how man learned to swear. You know, it was the invention of golf, which led to the swearing. So sometimes these repercussions, the thing right in front of us isn't the <laughs> thing that's going to really, you know, change stuff up. But it's when you start doing some of these things that you've never done before, it leads to more new stuff and more new stuff and more new stuff that often can be the real breakthroughs. But I, I think it's just so vital today for companies don't get stuck in that thing where, you know, some leader on the company says, well, you know, that's just not the business we're in. That's not what we do. We don't go, you know, I, I, I think we've that, always done it this way. There's yeah. That. Yeah. Remain that way. Um, and yeah, it, it, because it's, not that tradition isn't valued and legacy isn't valued. Um, we at Dynamic Communities get that. Uh, legacy has a huge value, but it can also help you inform on how you can remain relevant um, and, and turn those new ideas into something, uh, something that's going to meet masses and, and, and help others even more than you thought was possible. So constantly upping the ante. Bridget, before you go, do you have a couple of URLs that you'd like to share with people where you can see some of this great stuff you've been talking about? Oh, man, do I ever. <laughs> uh, so the first one that I, everyone I think just needs to get their hands on. I love it and it's gonna be so great. Um, and we're working really hard to get it there. Um, uh, it's so accelerationcommunity.com forward slash feature hyphen CFO. Um, that's where you'll find uh, the, the launch of our new program um, taking place uh, August 19th, Future Office of the CFO with Acceleration Economy Media. There's also a newsletter that's tied to this program, as well as regular uh, blogs and uh, featured content and podcasts, all sorts of different content that you can consume in a way that fits you best, that you're looking to dive in or, or get that uh, you know, quick idea fast. Um, and, and, and tangible. So definitely uh, invite people to explore that page for sure. Um, and then, uh, of course, check out our podcast, uh, The Wrap. Uh, it's one of my highlights of the week. Uh, and it's a time that we can, uh, as a team, uh, share what we've heard through the week, uh, formulate that in, uh, in about 30 minutes or so of a podcast. Uh, and we talk about everything from acquisitions to one of our favorites, which is uh, guess the kegger, so content annual growth rate. We felt kegger is kind of fitting for a Friday. So uh, guess the kegger it is. So we take a look at some of the, the most recent reports in the space of business tech, what people should be paying attention to. Um, so those are, I think, my, my two big things to uh, check out. And you can find that podcast um, at accelerationeconomymedia.com. Uh, I post those things all the time. You can go back into the vault and check them out uh, or just follow us on LinkedIn. We, we, you can find us there too. So, 
No, I've been a fan, uh, Bridges. It's a great show. The rap is terrific. And I think the three of you each bring different perspectives and points of view. And you had fun doing it while also oh, yeah. informing <laughs> and, you know, giving people a pretty good idea, right? The world's moving so fast. There's one place you can go and get a real nice catch up on a lot of pretty, uh, pretty dramatic things happening in the world. Well, Bridget, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being part of uh, Cloud Wars Live and being one of our monthly digital all-stars. Uh, thanks for the great ideas today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Bob. Always a pleasure, Bridget. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. A little bittersweet to say, we've still got a full month of summer left. Enjoy it. Thank you for being with us. And we look forward to seeing you next time.